What's up, former party people? This is Jerry, you know, the one who actually combs his hair on the A is for Alcoholic podcast. Now, if you're finding value in listening to the AIFA podcast every week and you want to support sharing it with others, we invite you to become a sustaining monthly or per show contributor. Go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. It's super easy and it only takes a quick moment. It's about as easy as buying one of those pre-cooked space chickens from the grocery store, taking it outside, giving it a big old kiss, and kicking it into traffic. (laughs) Why would you do that? Anyway, you do you, and I'll do me. Again, go to patreon.com backslash AIFA. And with that, people, let's start the show. A is for Alcoholic is a program about recovery. My name is John, and I'm an alcoholic. And my name is Jerry, and I'm an alcoholic. Join us as we go through the alphabet of alcoholism one letter at a time. Did I tell you I went to the acupuncturist last weekend? No, how'd that go? She really stuck it to me. Bam, dude, shit. <laughs> yeah. No. <Did> ruin- <laughs> no. Did I ruin your she night? She got to the point? She, she got, got to, to the, the point. point? Yes, exactly. Now, yeah. now you're getting it. You had some piercing conversation. Yo, why? Yeah. There you go. She was Chinese. No, she, her, name, <laughs> her name was Joan. And um, it was, it, so my leg's been hurting. The, some nerve thing that's been going on for the last couple of months. And um. Mm-hmm. almost the last couple months and it's like really not to mention the cold weather has really dropped my mileage down running and so yeah. i'm just trying to do anything to get it and she laid me on my side and she stuck a needle in my thigh and like i don't have you ever had this happen have you ever done acupuncture no i find acupuncturists to be pricks no i haven't had it done my parents swear by it um well i've had a lot of chiropractic work done mm. like kinesiology but not i haven't quite gotten poked yet not in that way Mm. not in that way yeah in the tattoo way yeah yeah Yeah, Um, i never got drunk enough to get poked in the other way but you know right the night the nights are always young (laughs) who knew you know it's but it's like the needle goes in and your muscle seizes up really hard there's like almost this spasm in this cramp and she's like, if it, if it goes too hard, like, you know, let me know. But then mm-hmm. uh, then afterwards, it kind of mellows out. And then you're just supposed to lay there with the needle in your leg. And, it, and Does it, it take more than one session for you to notice results? Or did you notice them so immediately? I didn't notice them immediately. But the next day, the pain that had, had been happening was mm-hmm. noticeably gone. And I feel it now. And I'm going to go back on Friday. I'm, I guess my... The insurance that I have covers X amount of sessions, so I'm just going to use mm-hmm. as many as I can and go. Might as well. Maybe um, I should go. I have a muscle in the front of my shin. Mm-hmm. It's that ligament that pulls your foot forward like this. Like if this were mm-hmm. the bottom of my foot, no one can see this. The one that makes your foot go up like that. Yeah. I can't. I can't. My right leg. I can't bring my foot. My. I can do my left leg. My left foot goes higher than my right foot, mm-hmm. and it affects my running and my gait. Like even when I'm walking, I find myself limping a lot more. Huh. So I don't know if I, I mean, I broke my toe a few months ago and it's, I don't know if that's what exacerbated it, but maybe we can stick some needles in there and see what happens. Get freaky. There you go. And just for those of you listening, this is not A is for alternative medicine. No, not at all. I I, I started with a visual too on a podcast. (laughs) 
My it's foot good. goes like this, y'all. My foot goes like That's this. That's what keeps me sober is my foot going like this. <laughs> so W today, W is um, um, what keeps me sober today. And, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's what keeps me sober today. I don't know if you, I guess it's been what, like four years for me or something like that, four and a half years. And I don't know that I wake up and it is a, um, like necessarily a cognizant thing in my mind. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't wake up anymore and like think, oh, I'm sober or, I guess I don't, I don't necessarily have, I don't have a morning routine. I know a lot of people will say things like got to get up and, um, got to read page 86 and start your morning off. Right. And do some people do that. Yeah. No. And I, I don't, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I just, I'm not one of those people. Not neither am I. So sometimes I feel bad about it, but I mean, I guess I have my own routines around it, but right. I I don't think you should feel bad about not reading the big book when you get up in the morning i mean for some people that's what they do all the other people pray like everybody's got their different routine but um nah i don't know that's a what so shit i'm sorry i'm taking off my hoodie but that's what i mean i'm gonna say what like eight more times what is it that keeps you sober that's a great question because it could be we could do an we could definitely do an hour on that okay uh, maybe maybe not i don't know maybe we'll just start talking about our muscles again who knows mm-hmm. well i i'm hoping this the, the muscle thing keep i i think that what keeps me sober is i've i like i like the life i've built yeah so i like that i like the steps i've made and i like the um I like the relationships I have in the way that I have them now mm-hmm. way more than I did when I was drinking. Yeah. In fact, I don't think there was a relationship or friendship that was really even the even the closest ones weren't that good. They were like conditional. Super conditional. And, but this is also I'm speaking from personal experience, not just being your friend during mm-hmm. your drinking years, but also like being with myself and knowing that a lot of my relationships were conditional. Almost all of them were like, what can you give me? What can I give you? I was just talking with a client the other day about uh, dating because he's back in the single world again, dating after being married for a decade or something and splitting with his wife. And he said he had to do a lot of soul searching and realize that like his, um, not priorities, but like his checklist in order to get a girlfriend was, are you moderately attractive? Check. Do you like me? Check. That's it. That's all I needed, right? He's like, "Are you kind of good looking? And do you like me?" All right, cool. Then that's all he wanted. Set. Let's do this. Yeah, back in the day, oh, okay. you know what I mean. There was no depth to anything because of his the way he perceived relationships, and that's exactly how I perceived relationships and friendships. Maybe not the attractive part with friendships, but definitely like I would start friendships with, "Do we have a shared interest? And do you think I'm really funny, or do you think I'm cool?" All right, we're friends now, you know, and that's it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no. And not that there has to be even in sobriety this huge criteria. It can be just as simple as that to ignite the spark of a friendship or relationship. But, you know, I consider a lot more now. Yeah. I find myself a lot more um, apprehensive of people now in sobriety. Why? I don't know, man. I just keep everybody at arm's length because I'm like, I don't know your fucking deal yet. I need to feel you out before we become buddies. (laughs) Because because in sobriety, we find um, 
we find we have real emotions and can make real connections and you want to be guarded about who you make close connections with like right because then they just steal my couch or something or like you know pass out on my couch and then throw up on the floor and then when i bring it up later they throw up on the floor like i never threw up on your floor and i'm like yeah you did i've walked in it i was there you don't have any beers in here this is bullshit this is bullshit what do you mean i got now i gotta walk down to the valero um yeah i sorry buddy i guess i i guess like you talk about conditional relationships and stuff like that and i still sometimes i think in business too in business moments where i'm trying to sell something or connect something or um i'm always thinking like maybe this person can do something for me and i i'll check myself because I don't think that that's right. Even in like even in business, it doesn't really behoove me to, um, you know, things should be equal for everybody. When you do a job right. for someone and then they pay you or vice versa, like there should be there should be equity or equality or whatever in justice. Uh-huh. Anyhow, so I always feel like I should stop thinking that way, and I but it still comes up. It's still like, hmm, maybe I can get something if I do this. And that that yeah. seems like the wrong reason to to do something. Oh yeah, I absolutely I still do that in like personal relationships. I still do it too. Mm-hmm. We're all guilty of it. It's just like I was writing this morning on the Instagram thing and I was like, I don't know if I ever do truly want to get all better all the way. Like I don't mm-hmm. know because then what comes next? Let's say I've figured myself out completely, then what where do I go from there? Like if I've it's like cresting the top of the mountain for the sake of cresting the mountain, then once you get to the summit, you're like, Okay, what now? Are there other mountains? You know, it's like, I don't know, man. I find this whole process, even this podcast, to be really valuable in the sense that I'm like working on myself. I'm like this this work in progress constantly, this ever-evolving entity, like this person that just changes all the time, and I like it. I like it. Sometimes it's very frustrating, but I like it. And so I think that's partly what keeps me sober too is the idea that it's always evolving, you know? I've mm-hmm. said it before. I I always say this too. That's always my precursor in the podcast. I've said it before, but it's almost like a circle you walk in while you're drinking actively. It's a circle. I've, I've said that, that a few you... times. It's it's a circular thinking. It's mm-hmm. just always this pattern, this pattern you walk in, you know. It's not a routine anymore. It's just Groundhog's Day, you know. You're just doing Groundhog's mm-hmm. Day. And, and uh, you don't really change except you get sicker. That's the only change really. You're not... You're not improving, you're not fixing anything, you just get sicker every day. And I just, I can't fuck with that, man. I, I just can't. I really can't. I mean, I can sit here right now and tell you this right now in this podcast, like, oh, I can't fuck with that, I can't do that. But, like, I also have to keep in mind, like, the scary alcoholic thing, like, oh, you're gonna fucking die. But, like, I might, I might relapse. Who knows? They, yeah. The way that they make it seem sometimes is it's just like a jack-in-a-box. Like, sometimes pop goes a weasel and that's your ass. You're fucking drinking again. And I don't want that. I don't want that at all. So I have to be diligent, I guess, or mm-hmm. on top of it. Because I'll go to – I was just at a meeting and there was a couple gentlemen in there who had relapsed and they were having a hard time with it. And there was a lot of guilt and shame in there. And there was a lot of like, damn, I fucked up. And it's like, ah, you just did what you're supposed to be doing. You're drinking. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. don't feel too bad about it because you're basically doing what your brain's telling you to do all the time. So the fact that you're back in here is gangster as fuck, you know? That's the big thing. That's the important right. thing. That's the, that's, yeah. I felt I was feeling bad because I, I chose to. <laughs> so instead of going to my regular, you know, Sunday morning uh, meeting, 
I uh-huh. chose to spend Saturday night, which was uh, my girlfriend's birthday, with her, and then sleep in the next day. And you felt bad about that. You gotta lo- loosen up on right. yourself, buddy. <laughs> right. So, uh, well, I didn't. I didn't necessarily feel bad at the time, but then I'm used to like, you know, there's that uh, that thought where it's. Uh, I heard somebody once say, you can't get drunk on yesterday's booze, so you can't stay sober on yesterday's recovery or something like that. And so I don't I don't agree with that. You don't agree with that. Go ahead. No, not at all. (laughs) Well, I guess the the part of me, there's a part of I guess that stuck in my head and it was like, right. Well, if at the very least, if I go on Sundays and then you and I do this podcast and that's good. mm -hmm. And so I even thought about this evening, I was working on some other shit and um and i was like oh man i gotta do it's podcast night you know and i gotta get ready and and set this all up and there was a part of me that was like man i just want to break from all of this and it was like right that's not entirely true because i feel so much better after we talk right yeah me too there's never i always (laughs) i sit in the couch next to megan i gotta go do this fucking podcast And then I come in here and I'm like, hey, and you're like, hey, and then we start talking. And then by the uh, every every single time I leave the room, I never leave pissed off. I'm always mm-hmm. like, Megan's like, how was it? And I'm like, really good, actually. I really enjoyed myself. But every single time I'm like, oh man, I got to do one more thing I got to do. I've been hanging because I hung Christmas lights today inside the house too. But, the but you know, I, yeah. I I wanted to double back on that that yesterday's recovery. I guess I don't agree with it in the way. If, it depends on how you look at it. Okay. Because yesterday's recovery is very valuable in the sense that you have learned a lesson and you have gathered up a tool. Every day you gather up a different tool. So you can always rely on that tool. I see it. But I can see the argument in the sense of like if you're not diligent and you don't get into the routine of working your recovery, then yeah, you, you're more susceptible to having to slip or drinking again. But I guess you just – I guess the all idea that old is fear like – fear-mongering, man. I just don't yeah. like it. Yeah. I guess the uh, idea but, is just like you can't fuck it off. You can't I can't just go, well, I'm cured now. So uh sure, Right, yeah, you I'll don't be, graduate. We don't Sure, we don't I'll meet you at happy license. hour and have a club soda. Hell yeah, I'll have a fucking com- <laughs> seven know. kombuchas at happy mm-hmm. hour. Yeah. There have you seen like there's like there's this Are new they doing hard hard kombucha now? Yes, they're doing hard I didn't look at it completely, but I was waiting in the grocery store. And I was I was cruising by. See, I mean, I don't think this means there's any sort of relapse, but I was cruising by the like hard ciders and stuff. And I was mm-hmm. I was just standing there. It was between like the peanut butter and the beer, and um and I turn around yeah, and there's yeah. one called like Boochcraft. <laughs> I just picture you just standing there drooling. Just mm. it's more just it's more over the peanut butter than it is. Start the beer. taking your shirt off. I know, <laughs> yeah. dude. That, but this fucking kombucha with booze in it doesn't make any sense, right? Because kombucha is supposed to be good for your intestines and your gut, but then booze makes you have diarrhea. So it's like, mm-hmm. why are you... It's like mixing anti-diarrheal medicine with prune juice. Do you know what I'm saying? Like Ugh. Confusing yeah. your guts. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's the whole... Like the whole, the whole trend of making things healthy. We used to... When I would bartend at this one place, we made this one drink that we... We jokingly called the, I think at one place it was called the guilty conscience, and then we called it a clear conscience and whatever. But it, it was like this super light, cucumbery, gingery drink, and people were like, Yeah, I had one. It's a, you made yeah. me one, actually. Okay. Yeah. Because like, you were so proud of yourself, drink. like, Look at this guilty conscience. And I'm like, It's got booze in it. And you're like, Yeah. <laughs> that's, Cucumbers that's and booze. And I'm like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, sure. Let's go. Let's and go. so, but there's this whole trend of making booze healthy. I saw something about like, I've seen pictures on Instagram of women 
drinking wine with their yoga and you know in moderation but they've always done it yeah to relax i guess you and and help you out in certain ways but they've always had always sell beer right and alcohol is not worth drinking in moderation in my opinion because that's the way my brain works my brain Mm -hmm. doesn't in moderation what is this fucking sunday school what would be the point what is the point? Aren't we here to get drunk and maybe make out with someone and mm-hmm. poop our pants? <laughs> so we what makes you go to jail? <laughs> so what makes you? Well, so you—that's were... what keeps me sober today. <laughs> yeah, is that you? You don't poop your pants and go to jail? Not anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> Where's my fucking certificate? I want my <laughs> diploma. I'll I'll make you one. I appreciate it. Thank you. Gold star didn't poop my pants today. Boom. Um, 2019. So what, how did you, I guess you stopped eat. you started to eat in moderation. I did and didn't. I actually just ate the serving size. <laughs> so that's not even moderation. You, moderation would be like, well, yes, I guess compared to the way I was eating before, yes, I ate in moderation. But also eating didn't make me feel drunk. Like, so, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I could do that one thing in moderation, like. I could go, okay, well, I can eat the serving size that's on the, the packaging or half of the serving size. I mean, yeah, the compulsion is still there to want to eat. Like, that's why I don't really eat, try not to eat too shitty because I, I do feel compelled to eat more. I won't count it and not think about it. And so, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know. But I also didn't start eating moderation until I'd been sober, like three years, yeah. four years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I started uh, on Easter, that Easter Sunday. That's that's when I started counting calories. That uh, but that was like two thousand and seventeen, no, seventeen or eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah, Megan had a friend in town from Seattle, and that was the last time she'd been up here. And that was seventeen or eighteen. I don't know. And well, it was after we started the podcast. When did we start that? In eighteen. Yeah, know. I don't know. But, but but I guess I had to have the tools beforehand of like mm-hmm. working some type of program. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I had beef stew for dinner tonight. It was homemade. I made it, you know. Well, I thought it out. I made it like three, two months ago. Two two months stew? It's still two good, right? F- still... Freeze it up. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. way good. Yeah, you can keep beef stew frozen for like six months. Six years even if you need to. <laughs> That's your kind of party, dude. Put it in a Ziploc bag. Um, How did the Christmas lights come out? They look good? The ones on the outside of the house will suffice. <laughs> <laughs> The ones on the inside look really good. So I've got this big bay window. Not a bay window. It's like a, our house is like an A-frame. Mm-hmm. And we have a window that runs along the whole ceiling in the living room along mm-hmm. the top of the roof. Or I don't know how to explain it. But I had to put lights around that. And that was a it was like a three-hour process. Because I had to take apart. It's directly under my entertainment center where my TV is and all my speakers. So I had to take all that apart and like pull the entertainment center away from the wall to get mm. the ladder up there. Because we have really high ceilings. They're like 14-foot high ceilings or 12 feet. or They're high. They're very high. Oh, I had to get way up there. It, it all turned out fine. It, it, yesterday sucked. Yesterday was out in the rain and the cold and shit. But hmm. It's hmm. Oregon. What are you going to do? No, you're going to live with the rain and yeah. the cold. You got your Christmas lights up? No, they're in the uh, they're in the drawer still. I don't, you're I don't like, I don't any. celebrate Christmas. Not really. I got to work Christmas Eve. I'm, but I mean, no. you know, like I just think about all these things all the things that I have are because I quit drinking. Yeah. Any good thing that I have, even like the weird, 
you know, pain is such a strange thing. And like physical pain and I guess emotional pain too. Cause like, and I, I slept on my shoulder wrong. I don't know how that happened or my, not my shoulder, my elbow. And so my uh-huh. elbows all fucked up and swollen. Like I couldn't lift weights. And, you know, for me to think about that, oh, I couldn't lift weights this morning. Like, what a weird uh-huh. thing to say, you know, for me. Or I couldn't go running because my leg hurts. Or this thing is, I got Achilles heel tendinitis, you know, and like whatever yeah. else is going on. And I, whenever the pain's gone, I forget that I had it. Mm-hmm. And um, like, but even even that stuff aside, even these minimal physical pain, the the value that I have in my life, being able to move, being able to, to be free in my body and like actually really appreciate like what I'm capable of doing. I, I, again, I think this is why it's so important to really remember those last few moments before I quit drinking and those last few days and remember that it was the 4th of July and remember that it was a Saturday and remember that I blacked out with a bottle of vodka and remember that I weighed, you know, like 270 pounds, Mm -hmm. you know, and remember that I was in such great pain because I'm so fucking grateful that I get to do this with you and, you know, the relationship with my girlfriend is better than it's ever been. And, you know, we have our... We have our differences and we we're changing and growing and doing our own things. And it's it's amazing that we're spending, I think, less time together. You know, we don't live together, but like we but we're closer in a lot Who's of ways. Uh, Rashida with with Rashida. Yeah. You, yeah. I thought you meant you and I. I was like, wait, what? well, that's, <laughs> well, the, you know, and it's just that things are changing and growing and evolving and all this stuff. And like right. this wouldn't mm-hmm. this wouldn't exist. I would still be drunk in this bed probably texting or calling you going i don't know what to do and you would be like i don't know either man gotta fucking figure it out call me when you do like there's nothing to say get your ass to a meeting get what i basically time yeah i'd be like just go to a fucking meeting i don't know man i don't don't know know. yeah i talk about god at those things i'm like don't even worry about the god shit just go and see what happens and i would wake uh, up every morning going oh god here we go again I was at band practice the other night mm-hmm. and we were warming up and we were like freestyling around and throwing out little raps to kind of warm up our mouths and kind of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just get the body working and, and um, Kenny mm-hmm. Wilson in one of his raps had said, um, I get it on. I take off all my clothes and dance like naked John. <laughs> he had said it in one of his raps. No, he didn't. Yeah. Freestyling. He didn't write it. He had just freestyled uh-huh. it. And I think it's cause he was standing next to me or something. Yeah. To this day. Right. And then went through the rest of his rap. And then I started laughing. And I was like, I was just, I do this podcast with John now. And we were just talking about how he used to show up in a Tyvex, like a paper Tyvex suit at our shows and dance around. And Kenny's like, yeah, dude, him and Lucky would show up and they would always dance together and they would always yell my mom's name in between songs. Linda. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Linda Wilson. Yeah, dude. It was so funny. Yeah. Not that I didn't. We never. I never said anything bad about his mom. We would just yell. No, her name. you would just yell her name. Yeah, you would just, and he would be like, yeah, yeah, keep yelling my mom's name. <laughs> but yeah, he he remembers that, and I was like, dude. Oh. But 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 I was like, yeah, John. You know, he's sober now. We do a podcast together. I'm like, that dude. That dude's lost like fuck, man. I don't know how much weight he's lost. I'm like, I think he's lost like seventy pounds already. I'm mm-hmm. like. John used to have gout, and now he runs half marathons. And Kenny's like, no shit? And I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, if you saw him now, you wouldn't recognize him, dude. He just is like, 
He's just doing good, man. He got sober and like got got way better. You had gout. We, I know. Mm-hmm. I, I need to bring it up like every podcast, but fucking gout. So that's what I'll, old guys have. So I, I'll I'll tell you this, uh, dear listeners. Um, so one of my nicknames, and I think we may have talked about this before, but I think it bears repeating so that we can remind ourselves how far we've come and where we are and why we're grateful and, and the, all the things that keep us sober today. I blew there your was, shit up on the podcast. So, so I used to, among many other things, I would get wild and crazy, and my whole shtick was to be as wild and crazy as possible and to i would take my shirt off and then i would get fucking completely naked and i would just walk through the living room and i'd be like hey what's up like not well i mean i was gonna say not in a gross way but you know I, that was my perspective at the time and no it like, was pretty gross <laughs> so i loved it though i thought so it was the jerry thought it was world. funny it was he, so fucking subversive to me yeah and, by the way I had to inject. You didn't get completely naked. You'd always do something weird, like leave your boots on and just be like, or you would just be naked from the waist down. So you'd have boots and a t-shirt, but you'd Winnie the Pooh it. So your dick and balls would be like just hanging out under your shirt. And to me, I thought that was even funnier than getting completely naked because I was like, I'm like, this guy's a genius at comedy. Like he is so subverting everybody and everybody in the room would be like, oh, naked guy, penis. And I would just clap because I was like, this is fucking hilarious. Like I own a dick. I'm not afraid of seeing John's dick. Like he's my friend. You know what I mean? Uh Like, so So to me, I always found it very endearing. Right. But I was drunk too, though. So. But I mean, if I if I were to do that today, it would probably be a little less endearing. It would it feel a little more serious because yeah. I'm like, are we at penis phase now? I mean, in our sobriety, is that is where there we're something? Going yeah, with? I don't know what step. I'm is like, this? John gets wild, man. He drinks three Lacroix so, and just takes it out. So this was a trend, and this was something that I did fairly consistently. I mean, there was lots. I remember parties where. The, the the house would be full of people. This is even in Seattle when I had an apartment, and I uh-huh. would throw parties, and I would be I would get so fucking drunk that like I would I would be out in the party, and I'd have like 20, 30 people at my house, and then I would mm-hmm. wake up with no pants on on the floor next to the couch, and the entire everybody would have left. I would have been alone, and I wouldn't have remembered anything. And so this naked John um, myth, nickname, legend, yeah. nickname. And then Jerry did a series of poems at this open mic, and then it became this thing because it was a small, tiny town, and you know everybody kind of knew each other. And then it became this thing, and then it was this bigger thing, and then all of a sudden everybody knew that I, I drove the red Dodge Dart in town. And I remember one time somebody wrote in dirt in the window, "Naked John" on my mm-hmm. window, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like, I don't, I don't think it was you, but no, it I wasn't mean, me. No, but so I'm only smiling because I feel bad now that I gave you this fucking nickname that stuck. I'm very sorry. It's okay. I'm it's making okay. amends. I'm making amends right now for doing that. It's, okay. Well, I, I appreciate that and I accept your apology and you you don't have to feel bad. I think it's important that that we bring it up and that people understand that this was how I behaved. This is how I thought it was okay to behave. This is You said you would drive by in traffic and people would yell it. Naked John. And this like that happened by. that happened as well. And so, so all these things happened and this was, this was, this lasted many, 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 many years. This wasn't just like a few isolated incidents. And so that's why we're here and that's why we're here. And so it's like, I think it's funny that a guy that we used to hang out with is, you know, freestyling raps and you know, it's still, it's part of his warm up, man. It's part of his warm up. But even talking to him, man, like about our other friends and like, I, we've got a, an acquaintance that he still drinks and he's in, 
he was like a really fucking talented chef and a cook and stuff, but he's a giant alcoholic and mm-hmm. now he's got gout, so he can't stand. So now mm-hmm. he he has to quit like his passion and do cold calls for like a collection agency and just drink all the time. And he's got diabetes now and he's only like five years Jesus. older than me. He's not even five, he's not even fifty yet. And the yeah. dude's developed diabetes, he's got gout, he fucking can't stand anymore. And I'm, and and the solution's there. The solution's right there. It's right fucking there. It's like being in the ocean, you know? You can't drink any of that. Well, you don't think you can drink any of that water. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I guess you, that's a bad analogy because you can't drink the water. It'll kill your ass. But but do you know what I mean? Like the solution's there. It's you so just got to figure out a way to live without the fucking shit. You got to get off the shit. You got to get sick and mm-hmm. clean your body of all the shit and then l- figure out how to live your life without the shit. Yeah. The gout was yeah. really awful too, man. Like you could barely, and I don't know if anybody's ever had it, but please, all I can say is that my gout and probably 90% of my um, my physical ailments over the last, I don't know, 20 years have been diet mm-hmm. related, whether from alcohol yeah. or food. You have that crazy elbow thing too. I do. My elbow Barb. hurts right now, but I kind of Oh, no, not now. It, I just meant, oh, uh-huh. but back no, in the so day got, from like being on the bar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I I got it in my foot really bad where the gout would flare up and I could barely I couldn't walk. I would try to walk it off and I was like, if there's uric acid crystals in my big toe, I'll crunch them all up. Like this is my right. th- this is my mm-hmm. medical advice I give to myself, right. thinking I could yeah. just walk it off and very eat like holistic, 10 you know, ibuprofen and fucking you know. Oh god, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it it didn't work and I could barely sleep and it was it was hell. It was absolute hell. And the only way to do it was to stop drinking and stop right. eating shit in right. specific my my specific things was a lot of salami and swiss cheese which just went straight to my which big is toe. delicious but which also is, yes. yeah and but and so like yeah those are the things we dealt with i mean and so now when i have these small little pains and i go and i really try to remember that oh i'm still up and about and i'm doing things and i can move and you know, something like the acupuncturist is like, well, you, you need to lean in and stretch that heel. I know it hurts really bad. It feels like somebody's tearing it in half, but you need mm-hmm. to find the point at which it hurts and then stretch it just a little bit further. And I was like, oh, so this is, again, this is just another tool to help me fight through that pain and find right. a way out to right. a life where I can walk without pain. Right. Or run without pain. So, I mean, that's, in a weird way, that pain is a is a gift unto itself and i know that sounds really fucking pretentious but <laughs> but it is because it tells me something's wrong I'm, I, and then i can begin to fix it and heal it well and you're conscious and cognizant through it mm-hmm. you know what i mean and it's it's a pain from it's a well-earned pain mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know what i mean it's a pain you earn you mm-hmm. earn through making yourself healthier now having pain is obviously not a great sign of health but you know what i mean though like i bet your heart rate's fucking killing it i bet you you know lung capacity is killing it you know and not to i don't want to rake you through the coals for your gout and all this shit (laughs) because i have problems too Mm -hmm. i absolutely did yeah and i don't want to be like let's fucking have john feel bad about his gout because i was like made a heartburn and fucking ibs i was like i used to tell the guys at work i was a bunch of diarrhea in a man suit which is gross. It Someone's is very making gross. dinner but, I mean, right that was, that now. Was, I've probably <laughs> said this before in the podcast too, but I mean, like I just couldn't, I just wasn't normal, like regular that way. Not at all. And even the, it was all gastrointestinal and headaches, man. You know how mm-hmm. long it's been since I've had, I mean, 
one of those hangover headaches though not just a regular oh ordinary migraine i get for like a day or two but like one of those like four day hangover headaches where there's just it's just i don't know man i mean just your emotional mood was is awful horrible dude horrible i mean i've been touchy over this the winter but it's like nothing like it used to be Mm-mm. yeah but yeah i i just that that pain is something that is so you know you talk about you've got to you got to find a way that the solution is right there right it's so close it's like right there and mm-hmm. um and I was I was the same way. I, I still can remember thinking, no way out, no way out, no way out, no way out. Yeah. And not yeah. even thinking, like, I just need to drink more and more and more and more and removing that. And when I hear you talk about your friend with diabetes and the gout and, like, all this shit is so fucking preventable. Well, yeah. And he was roommates with a buddy of mine that died back in 2005. Yeah. Who died from fucking drug drug abuse and drinking yeah. too much. And it just shut his body down. And the guy was young. He was like, in 2005, how old were we? 30? Mm-hmm. I was like 30 years old and my friend was dead. You know, they just found him dead because they were fucking smoking rock, you know, and drinking. And drinking every night, smoking rocks. And it just was too much for him, you know? Like, I think about that shit and I'm like... What a waste of a what a waste, man! Because this guy was like a really talented guy, you know, and he mm-hmm. had, he had something to give, if not to the world in general, at least to our community. And I don't know, I've was really inspired by this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. So those things are heartbreaking. I hear about that shit all the time, you know. Yeah, yeah. and so I don't want to say other people's misfortune keeps me sober as well, but it, it it does in its own way, you know. I try to. I it's not like if I. I don't know. And I don't want to have the ego to say like, oh, I have so much to offer the world. I'm an unsung genius, you know? But Mm -hmm. I mean, I have a lot to offer my kid and my wife, you know, like, and my cat and even fucking Coco out there tripping, looking like a broom, you know? He does look like a broom. (laughs) Dude, he had a long piece of packing tape stuck to him today. He's just walking around. I just left it on him. And then Olive came home from school and he's like crinkling on the table like he's wearing a diaper. <laughs> and Olive's like, what are you doing? And pulls this fucking, the pizza packing tape was like 18 inches long, dude. <laughs> it had all kinds of detritus and debris on it. He just walked through it and he's so hairy. He's such a hairy dog. It just stuck to him. Like, I love, that brings me joy in a fucked up way. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like, yeah, you're cleaning up my floor a little bit. Thanks, buddy. Because it's just everything sticking to the tape, you know. You know, but yeah, I'm- those are... There might be a metaphor in there, or something you know, like I my think alcoholism I find is it. the packing tape, right? And I'm, I'm just, just dragging around, just dragging along a human wreckage of life, you know, mm-hmm. just all the human wreckage. Yeah, you gotta figure out a way yeah. to pull the tape off. But well, you just got Olive comes home, just yanks it off. Mm-hmm. What are you doing, Coco? I'm like, he doesn't know anything. But yeah, yeah. I mean, you do. He knows you have how to a play lot dead, to offer. But... You have a huge amount of off to offer. Like if. Absolutely, but I guess what I'm trying to say was I didn't want it to sound like I was stroking my own ego, like I had this big thing to offer. Do you know? Mm-hmm. I know, I know, my personal life and in my personal relationships and in my sphere of people, I give and take, and they give and take. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so, I get that. I guess I just didn't want to come off like, oh, if I drank myself to death, the world would be a less of a bright place because the world wasn't really a bright place when I was drinking anyway. So. No, but your world no. was is brighter. Oh, much brighter now. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, there's a lot. There's stuff to be done, so I want to do it. And there's things I want to do. There's things that I want to get done. What do you want to get you done? Know, lots of things. Yeah. Ugh, I just bought the Bioshock uh, <laughs> triple pack. I knew you were going to say some shit about PlayStation. <laughs> uh. I did. All three Bioshock games are on sale for 14 bucks, so I restarted that up tonight. I want to make you know bigger pieces of art and... Mm-hmm. I've been really inspired by making music with these guys the past few weeks, and I might try to record some stuff just on my own. I mean, I have the cap- oh shit, I just tapped that. I have the capability to do it now. I just need a better mic, and uh, just to play around with, you know what I mean, like these Apple mm-hmm. loops and make something. I yeah. mean, yeah, it's corny. I'm gonna use Apple Fruit Loops or whatever. I don't know what they're called, Garage Band Loops, but it's it's just fun i made music all the time back in the day i'd sit in my little room and record raps constantly Mm -hmm. i just rap yeah nowadays people are like like i was tattooing a lady the other day and she's we're talking about band practice because etzel who works with me he plays the bass and she's like you're in a band what do you play and i'm like oh i'm one of the vocalists Mm -hmm. (laughs) she's like really what do you vocalize and i'm like i rap and she's like I would have never guessed that about you she's like you do not look like a rapper and i'm like the fuck do you mean by that like but then I started laughing because I realized how, how self-conscious I was about saying that I rapped. That I was like, oh, I'm a vocalist. You know, because I'm like, I'm a dude who's almost 50s rapping granny over here. Like Joe Pesci's fucking rap album. Like, Did he do know, a rap so. album? Yeah, it's awful, dude. Yes. Rapping it just granny. raps about good fellas. You oh, know, God. Rapping granny. But uh, yeah, there's a lot to be done artistically, creatively. There's a lot more to experience in life, you know? Man, I'm finally in shape. Like I'm, I finally feel good about myself. I, there's a, there's just more to do. I can do things. There's um, yeah, I, I. There's this rich roll quote that's on like Twitter or something. He gets bounced around, and he talks about how you know he didn't, um, he didn't reach his physical peak until he was 43. He didn't, right, yeah. He didn't start his podcast till he was 45. All the, yeah. there's a couple other things he says, and he's like. The thing that struck me was that he's like, I thought at 30 that my life was over. And I know now yeah. at 52 that it's just beginning. And right. it doesn't behoove me anything. And I, I, I constantly have to remind myself that, you know, I'm going to be 43. And, you know, it doesn't it doesn't behoove me to to think about all the failures of the past as yeah. something that I have to carry with me. I don't have to keep those. I don't have to worry about, you know, naked John for the rest of my life when it comes no. up. Mm-mm. And so somebody's using it as their freestyle warm up, and I can kind of go like, well, let's talk about what that is and let's talk about right. why that was. And let's talk. Well, about- maybe that's the one positive thing yeah. that came out of it is that you made a really good punchline for a warm up. There you, you know? go. So, you know, like, nah, man. I, I know that what i what i want to try and do my best is to move forward and and take all those failures of the past need to be lessons rather right. than rather than like something that i'm carrying instead of a he- you know a bag of wet sand that i have to carry around my neck that right. i can go oh i learned from that i don't have to do that anymore and moving forward i can do something different and so that they can be a part of the structure or the foundation for tomorrow's success 
Right. Dude, you're like you're like Indiana Jones. You're just like Indiana Jones, dude. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it mm-hmm. was I don't know if it was last it must have been last crusade, right? Mm-hmm. And Indiana Jones falls into the train car with the lion and he grabs the whip yeah. and he fucking whips the ground and cuts his face right there. Mm-hmm. And then that's where Harrison Ford's scar is in real life, right? So they had to tell a story for Harrison Ford's scar. But if you notice Indy as an adult, he still uses the whip and he's fucking badass at it now. Do you know what I mean? So you had to carry this naked John shaped scar right here mm-hmm. to prove that you can now wield your whip correctly, I guess. Yes. I don't know. So it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's just, the whip. I, just the way I look at it is like all these awful things I did, as bad as I feel about them, I have to tell myself that I had to do that and I had to earn those. I had to have those scars because I had to earn them. I had to like earn my place where I'm at. It sounds so weird to say it out loud like that. Maybe that's disingenuous to think that way sometimes, but I, I I really feel like I earned, I earned this like comp this this serenity I'm getting now. And you serenity did. is not the right word. My contentment, and I feel like you don't even have to earn contentment. I feel like everybody should be have a right to some type of contentment in their life. I just feel like I had to figure it out the hard way. Well, I had to like take the long way to it. You know. Yeah, and we don't have to compare pain. Right? No, not so, at all. So right. everybody yeah. deserves contentment, but just because you went through a certain amount of pain and you're like, I, I earned this, doesn't mean that because right. somebody else didn't go through what you went through um, doesn't deserve contentment. And also no. that if there's somebody who went through worse, doesn't mean they deserve more contentment. More. Right? So well, Correct. As a matter of fact, I'd like to have a conversation with a person who didn't have to go through pain to have that serenity in their life because I'd be like, how do you do it? How'd you figure it out? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I'd love to talk to the person who went through all that pain to get their contentment and serenity because I'd be like, once again, how did you do it? What mm-hmm. tools are you using? Everybody's got their experience. You learn. You can learn from them. That's why I fucking like sitting in those rooms because mm-hmm. I learn. I may learn one thing in an hour and I may feel super uncomfortable for 45 <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like, if I get that one thing, I'm like, okay, I can carry that. And I... Some stranger will say some shit and I'll still repeat it now to this day, like talking to my wife or talking to people at work. Like three years later, I'll just say something that some stranger had brought up in a fucking church basement somewhere. So to me, it's not it's not about all about the dogma and the literature and the you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All that aspect of it. That is a huge important part of it, but that's not all of it, you know. That's once again, and not to bring up one of the things I get irate about, but that's why I would get so mad at those meme pages on Instagram, those meeting maker Mark, and just like like my version of recovery is more legitimate than yours, and it's right. like shut your hole, dude. Like, yeah. so yeah, maybe I'm just a meeting maker Miguel, and I like to go and sit in those meetings because yeah. I do, I do, I love it. You know. Some days I don't want to do it though. I don't do it a lot, but when I do it, it's like I have to. I they're hungry. I want something. Like I'm here for. I'm here for the buffet. I'm here. To... <laughs> Give me the greatest piece of prime rib <laughs> yes. you got. You I'm know? here like, for the buffet. But yeah, man. Yeah. You know, and like if you gotta, like you said, you're super uncomfortable for 45 minutes sometimes. Sometimes you, dude. you hear something, and then like mm-hmm. it all just kind of relaxes, and you're like, oh yeah. wow, oh, that's what wow. I came here yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And then you don't was. mind, you know, holding hands and with, with people. Right. And the holding hands doesn't bug me. It's not that it's yeah. more like, nah, I just feel uncomfortable. I feel bad. You know, what sometimes about? people will cry and like purge, yeah. they'll purge some mm-hmm. shit. And my heart always goes out to them. That's why I feel uncomfortable because I'm like, oh, this is some touchy shit right now. And it's heavy we're not stuff. laughing about you driving the wrong way down a one way road anymore. Like, no. 
We're, we're, yeah. We're, my heart goes out to you, you know? Yes, every about, time, um, almost. What about when somebody tries to interlock fingers with you? you ever... I did that the very first, like, the <laughs> like my third did meeting. Really? I did oh. it on accident, yeah, because I hadn't <laughs> held a stranger's hand in so long, and it was, like, my third fucking meeting, and I just interlocked fingers with this old lady and then went, oh, it's like, oh, right, we're not supposed to do that shit, you know? But no, no one's ever interlocked <laughs> fingers with me yet. Have you gotten that yet? No, not yet. No, man. I don't know that I could. It's I like don't... a wedding proposal in those rooms, dude. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, but yeah, I think that's. You part... should just grab the thumb next time. Yeah, just, just grab their thumb. I think I've been next to somebody who just wanted Keep to keep coming arms. back. It works <laughs> if you, you work, work it. it. I don't ever really do the if you work part at the end. You know, you don't work it if you're worth it. Working. I mean, I do sometimes, but then oh. sometimes I'm, I just, I usually am just standing there getting my arms swung around like a fucking rag doll just <laughs> by two other people on either side of me because they could work it because you're worth it, you know? And, yeah. And I, I'll do it sometimes, but not often. Hmm. I don't know. I love the, yeah. I mean, not to get too much into the rooms here. I know we've got rules and shit, fight club rules, mm-hmm. but I like when they fucking hit you with the old razzle dazzle and bust out the third step prayer and everybody's like, the new people are like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. There's a long one too. It's like the seventh. I think the seventh step prayer is super long. There's one that's really long that I don't know. Mm-hmm. But anyway. No, it's good when you're like. And oh, I was raised Catholic, so, so I'll do the Lord's Prayer. I don't give a shit. I know some people are like, eh, Lord's Prayer, it's gross. And I'm like, I don't care. Whatever, dude. You can fucking say mumbo jumbo, ooh, wee, ooh, ah, ah around me. As long as I get some recovery, I don't give a fuck. Right. You know? Wing, wing. Yeah. Holla, holla, yeah, bang, wing, wing, walla, walla, bing, bang. bang. We could literally hold hands and do that at the end as long as I. As long as I get to leave with the contentment, I don't give a shit. I think like, I think the next time that you you're asked to lead the prayer, you should do that. You're like, ooh ee, ooh ah ah, <laughs> wing wang, walla walla, big bang, ooh ee, ooh ah ah, wing wang, walla walla, tig tag, or whatever. It yeah, is. I'm telling you that the old people in that room, they'd probably laugh their ass off though. <laughs> I they're a fucking pretty ri- lively bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people in their seventies are pretty wild, dude. We are not a glum lot. Um. So I think that that's really like I, all of that, man, is being able to being able to have some real emotion for once, which I didn't I didn't. That's something that really I you know, it's like I guess the in the question, what keeps you sober is like, what do you do every single day? But in my right. mind, the question was like, what is my purpose? What is my what is my purpose for being sober? Do I wake up and not just like, what do I do to stay sober? But like that I, what I, what do I get out of it? Like, why do I choose to be sober? I guess is a better question, but, um, you know, it's just like life is so much better now. And like, how could I, I I keep, I always say this to myself, how could I not have seen it sooner? And you were drunk. I was, (laughs) you were too drunk. That is exactly the answer. Too drunk to see it. There's nothing more complex. There's nothing more just fucking wasted. (laughs) I was too drunk, man. It took me it took me two weeks to sober up. And that was the yeah. two weeks after I quit drinking to even get near right. sober, right? Dude. Oh jeez. Yeah. But yeah, you know, if even when we talk about like just the daily maintenance, honestly, I mean some people say prayer or journaling or whatever. Mm-hmm. I find that like being in the moment, accepting things as they are. I try to watch my temper, but I'm really awful at that. I have a horrible temper still, but I just think like being mindful and in the moment and just accepting of the way things are and actually giving myself a break to walk away from things when I'm feeling frustrated because I, I, 
I, I feel trapped. When I get frustrated, I get real trapped, you know. And I, it's hard for me to deal with that. So mm-hmm. I have to walk away from it and then, like, kind of get my shit together and then come back again, come back at it. And usually that's really helpful. And I, I pray. I pray every night, but it's not like a, you know, I'm not like, oh, feel, you know, I'm not talking in Latin or anything, I guess. You pray at night? And I'm, yeah, before I go to sleep every night, I'm grateful. It's more of a gratitude than it is a prayer. Although I do say, dear God, and I don't say it out loud. I just do it all in my brain. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a meditation. I actually fall asleep while I'm doing it usually. Because it's more of a verbal meditation where I'm saying this phrase to myself. You know, I always open with the same phrase. And then I just kind of say what I'm grateful for during the day. And kind of say, you know, like I don't really, I even when I was a little kid, I was never like, God, I don't want to have cancer or that's a bad example. But like, you know what I mean? Like, God, mm-hmm. I don't want, I don't want to get an F or whatever. Like I never asked for shit and I still don't ask for shit. And I don't want to, I really ask for shit for other people because to me, the idea of God is as an entity that does things is not the same as just an idea of, of, of power greater than me that i just kind of let things go with it's god it's my acceptance it's the way i let things go you know people be like i let god take it you know Mm -hmm. and i would say that in early recovery but i never felt comfortable saying that because i didn't let god take it i just let it go i just dropped it because i didn't want to carry it around anymore just let whatever it was in the universe either resolve it or come back to it later but those are the things that kind of keep me sober i don't go out i don't go to bars i don't party i mean i gotta go to a dinner tomorrow night for megan's um uh what is windermere what do you call that that where they sell houses yeah sorry her broker's shit yeah Mm -hmm. i've been their christmas party and it's at a it's at a bar and a lot of the brokers drink but then i i you know but it's all right i i you know i i have a pretty good support group even in that that group of people too so well, I mean, what's going to happen good. if somebody if people get too drunk, you're going to be like, what? Either we got to go now or you can stay and I'll go home and Well, it's on a Thursday, so I'm like you got to go work, go back to work tomorrow. So Megan won't drink too much anyway cuz she's like I got to go to school. On but Friday I mean everybody morning. else too, right? Oh yeah, so no, she... I don't give a fuck about drunk drunk people can kiss my whole ass. I'm like if you're going to be a drunk person, kiss my whole ass. Leave me alone. <laughs> seriously it's not like they're gonna be like take a shot pussy really we're all people in our 40s nah and they do get annoying they get repetitive and shit and i'm not really rude but in my brain i'm like kiss my whole my whole entire ass i don't Mm -hmm. need to deal with you but so i got that tomorrow fancy cheese and head home fuck yeah i'll get some (laughs) cheese pot pocket cheese hell yeah it's at a it's at a fancy bar too so nice yeah so it's like a it's like a place you would work at, real, real classy. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the name of it now. Uh, what the was the Excalibur place? Or something what was the or... What was the Indigo District that had like the waterfall? It was really yeah, weird. That bad place bar. was a dump, dude. And Coda would be like, "I'm into going somewhere else." Yeah. <laughs> you want to go to the Indigo? Yeah, I'm into going somewhere indigo else. Going somewhere else. It's a, a barcade now called Level Up oh, that okay. a, a bunch of the old my old John Henry's bar friends ended up working at. But okay. But it's just a a, a barcade. They're popular. It's for college kids. To play dig dug and drink fucking red bull vodkas Mm. vodka red bulls nice um but those are the things i do man it's just those are the things that uh, those those and working out to be honest working out does help keep me sober that Mm -hmm. routine i didn't want to do it today and i did it and i didn't want to do it and i did it half-heartedly and ran yesterday super i was like i don't want to fucking run 
Like lately, I've been real lazy. I don't want to work out. But then I just do it. I just propel myself into it. And when I got home and I was like feeding the animals, I was like, man, I feel really fucking good right now. Because I, I ran. Yeah, because I ran and I feel good. And then yeah. I was sore later on in the day. But, you know, I got that like real good runners, that real good workout high. Mm-hmm. I get it every time. Even today, I worked out for like 45 minutes lifting weights and felt great. Nice. Like, wow, I feel really good for like 20, 30 minutes. Fucking killing it, Jerry. Yeah. Killing it, dog. I'm gonna, you just wait. I'm going to be one of those swimsuit models. Yes, you will yeah. be. I'm going to look like you tan as a turkey, but then a super old face, but young body. It's going to be fucking dope, dude. Tan as a turkey. Yeah, oh, with an old old face, old neck, and a young body. You know exactly what yes, I'm talking I about, do. too. Yeah. Because you can't work your face out. Well, also, I think nope. the tanning really, the, the skin on the face is a lot more. It just goes. Set, it just Once goes, you start tanning right? it, they yeah. just spray it on. and yeah. I mean, it works for the leader of our country, so maybe I can do it, too. Mm. Just spraying the tan mm-hmm. on. Maybe that was a little too political. I'm sorry. We're that, a recovery podcast. That's okay. That was my hot take. Yeah, the president good. uses spray tan. That's my hot take. <laughs> so I wanted to share with you, I asked, it, I asked some people, I asked people online um to reach out and what i did ask was for everybody to um send me a voicemail a voice memo or a voice message or something that we could play on the air i only got one a lot of work (laughs) so i know hey man i know i know but it kind of is but yeah i did get some people on instagram and so i want to read some you know what keeps you sober today and so i want to read a few of these this one's do you do you say the username too i yeah, I mean that's all right. Cool. I'm gonna. I think so. I mean, I don't see why not. They. Oh shit! That I didn't mean to put doubt in your head. I was just Uh-oh. wondering if you were or not. Well, okay. Well, well yes, I was going to. So, uh, this one comes from Lisa Nunez, forty nine. The reminder of how it was before and a constant contact with my HP. And Word. I, I don't think that means Hewlett Packard. No, that's, that's higher power. Or Harry Potter. Or Harry Potter. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it, I mean, it's it, like it's up, Harry. You're a wizard now. If Harry Potter's your your higher power, then more that's power to you. That's pretty dope. Actually, yeah, pretty right? dope higher power. Yeah, I mean, I never read the books, but he's he cool. Wingardium fucking Leviosa. Um, yeah. This guy says, <laughs> "Dirty Sammy one thirty eight says regret keeps him yeah. sober," and yeah. uh, I think that like I know that that was something and it's still i get better with the regret yeah but it's still like oh man yeah i remember regretting that don't do that right that's still sort right of a... well, yeah it can be definitely be a powerful tool you know what i'm saying like yeah don't do that because you regret that so don't don't go back there mm-hmm. i i think that i have i have left more and more of it a, 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 i don't use it as much you know, like it has dissipated the regret. The longer yeah, I I've try been not sober. to try not to regret too much. I mean, I do regret a lot of shit, but mm-hmm. I try not to actively do it. Right. Out of sight, out of mind, man. I'm good at compartmentalizing. Yes. Hello, I'm Jerry. I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. Personal best every day says gratitude, and that's always a positive or always a. I a like that one. concept a lot, and I know it is a popular one, but it really is like the ability to not be not be uh entitled to be like man i am really thankful that i don't feel like shit today Mm -hmm. even if it's that much do you know what i mean and then from there yeah build up yeah Um, hell yeah build it up here's one from leanne lulz wagner oh man that lady (laughs) what is she what did my mom write says how do you keep sober says not drinking alcohol 
<laughs> she's not even joking that's my mom i know like my mom is so fucking dry and like so um what's the word i'm looking for literal, literal. everything's very literal she's like what do you mean stupid i don't drink <laughs> that's that's it i just don't drink okay thanks mom um that's my childhood right there that's, i just don't drink mom I, I i fell down and got hurt well don't fall down i'm like well <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that up. I'll take that up as an offer. This is from Go ahead. Sinkalicious Sober. Um, I don't know who that is. Sinkalicious Sober says uh, a couple dope. things. Prayer and meditation and also uh, meetings. So happy to know they are everywhere. And I think yeah. that that's I think that's a big thing and you know even if um even if the meetings are not your thing, even if you know even if AA is not your thing, there's this there's a relief in knowing that wherever I go, there's some sort of support Yeah, that I can just kind of look it up and be like, oh, and I cannot begin to tell you how many times I've been somewhere else, whether it be out in the desert or, you know, across the country or um, I've been other places and I'm like, man, I just need a minute to get away. I just want to get away for an hour and like, yeah, wow, it's just it's been pretty awesome. I think it's rad that you go to meetings in other parts of the country. I get jealous of it. I'm like over here going, man, maybe I should go to a meeting in Springfield, <laughs> just you over should. the river. But you know, it, it. I would hate to be like, yeah, we're an AA centric podcast because we're not. We just happen to both go to AA, mm-hmm. which is also, you know, I don't know. I don't want to break any traditions there or anything because yeah. I'm not representative of it. I'm just saying we just happen to use that program, which, but it is like you said, super helpful, dude, to know that there's others out there like us who, who are in recovery, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. here's another one from J will at 84, um, meetings, prayer, meditation, step work, help, helping step work, helping others, the whole package. I would have to agree. There's all, I mean, there's a reason these things get repeated ad nauseum is because they work. <laughs> right. Know? If it didn't work, people wouldn't be using it. But then I also see the argument where people say, well, mm-hmm. that's your only option, which nowadays is 2019. There are other options now. There's a lot more. Yeah. I mean, the other options may not be as popular, but they're out there. Do right. you know what I mean? There's still people doing them. But yeah, mm-hmm. that, that seems to work. I mean, it's, I don't know. But if I just said, you know, asking for help, sitting quietly talking to other people and helping people you'd be like oh those all sound like good things those don't sound like exactly. meetings, prayer, meditation right but then so. you bring out this really old book from the 30s that's really antiquated and you're mm-hmm. like and we meet at churches and then you're <laughs> definitely like yeah i don't dun, want to drink dun, your kool-aid dun. yeah exactly um uh, waking up sober says my higher power so that's that's another thing that <clears throat> um is always there uh brink tattoo just says mm-hmm. hi at a is for alcoholic smiley face do you know a brink tattoo that's not somebody you no know. oh well hello brink tattoo thank you hi i'm glad that we help keep you sober um <clears throat> this comes from a, a user named plump david which i love that name that's plump, pretty dope plump david uh he says chairing a meeting and i think there's something and i'll say this like it doesn't have to be chairing a meeting. It doesn't even have to be a meeting, but being involved in something and 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 volunteering service for me is always helpful. Like always yeah. being able to say like to get involved with somebody else, to do something for somebody is invaluable. 
<clears throat> well, I mean, if if there was nobody there to reach out and help you when you needed it, where would you be at this moment? Do you know what I mean? Or how how mm-hmm. would you have progressed, or would you even have continued on with any type of program whatsoever if there was not? even in the smallest, simplest gestures. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's not like I came into the rooms and Robin Williams showed up like in fucking Goodwill Hunting and fucking talked me through everything. Do you know what I mean? But right. the fact that some of these people who did not know me were willing to come talk to me after a meeting or just willing to fucking touch base with me and be like, how you doing? Are you all right? Like, And then relate to me on some base level, even though I was skittish as fuck and didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to go cry and leave. You know what I'm saying? Like... That meant a lot to me, dude. That that really helped me out a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I feel acceptance within that group constantly, which is pretty rad, but, you know, I don't know. Go cry and leave. That sounds kind of like drinking days, too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, a lot like my love life, too, you know. Go cry and leave. And yeah. so the last one, I got one voicemail, one voice memo from a woman named Angela H and um she is one of our patrons on Patreon as well. Oh, word. And so she was Thanks, nice Thanks Angela. <clears throat> so I want to I want to play this for you. Hopefully it's not too loud, but um so I'm going to play this message from Angela. All right. So what keeps me sober, I definitely think is the true realization that when I'm drinking, I'm not the person that I think I am. Like my whole adult life, I have believed that I was this good person with strong values and goals and thought that I was working towards this awesome life that I dreamed up for myself. And then I slowly started realizing, though, that as long as I've been drinking, the longer that those thoughts and dreams are bullshit and I'm going nowhere. I'm not moving forward, like, at all. I'm not, like, leveling up, as I've heard you guys say. Like, it's just been Groundhog Day, more or less, around here for the past decade. It's... Like the same bullshit, it's the same delivery guy dropping off shitty food while I sit in the same depressing, negative hot box that is my condo for like up to three days after. Um, But now that I've really realized and analyzed that, I can remind myself that if I want to be the person I believe that I am, that I want to be so badly, and to do the cool crap I want to do, have experiences, and just live a content and joyful life, one where I don't hate myself. Like drinking is just going to take all that away from me for yet another day. And I don't, I'm done with that. So anyways, there you have it. Thanks, Jerry. Thanks, John. Word. How about that? Yeah, how relatable is that shit? I thought that was Damn. awesome. Yeah. Um, it's incredibly relatable, dude. <laughs> she talked about the hot box that is my condo. Like- I have been in a hot box two-bedroom <laughs> apartment except... Yeah, and it was delivery food or, yeah, or Circle K. I'd walk to 7-Eleven mm-hmm. at, like, 3 in the morning and be like, give me your finest microwave hamburger. But, um, yeah, I, I, but I can really much relate to the, to the idea of lying to yourself while you're drinking. And you're like, this is who I am and this is what I am. I mean, we did it. We did it in a different way. We did it in our whole Bukowski, Hunter S. Thompson, like, this is what we are. We're romanticized, idealized versions of these the wandering alcoholic, you know, and mm-hmm. it just, but no, we were just two dudes who smell like farts and bad breath. Do you know I'm what I mean? Like wandering to the kitchen for another fucking drink. Right. Or wandering to the phone and call Pony Express and be like, yo, can you bring me some of that sweet chilies? <laughs> Give me some of that chilies. I need some baby back ribs, yeah. you know, got my baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Oh, so thanks. I, yeah. I just, uh, so I appreciate that, Angela, for sharing that and like. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you to everybody who mm-hmm. I love. I love the input from our listeners. It makes me know that it's not just 
it, you know, you know what I feel like sometimes is, uh, do you remember Wet Hot American Summer? Mm-hmm. The little DJ kid they had and none of the shit was plugged in. That's how I feel sometimes. <laughs> the one they throw in the lake. Uh-huh. He's all, hey, you need to take a shower. And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He doesn't shower all summer. But then when they pull him and throw him in the lake, yeah, nothing's plugged in. Just the wires are just hanging there. And he's like, all right, campers. Sometimes I want to make sure we're not like that. We're just two dudes. Like- Thanks again for listening. Our music, as always, is by Neglect. You can find more of his stuff at neglect.bandcamp.com. And you can find us on all social media platforms that matter, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And you can reach us at alcoholic at gmail.com. Talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>